welcome to episode seven of the Surreyor Global Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by FPL Chef, You'll Never Walk Alone, and myself, High B Index. So unfortunately, well, again, we've not got FPL Chef this week. Um, there's there's rumours going about that he's out scouting in the J-League, but I'm not too sure. We'll, we'll need to, to catch up with him. I'm assured he, he is going to be back next week, so I'm thinking he's going to come back with a, a list of new players that he's scouted out while he's he's been on this um, this trip away. So this week, myself and you'll never walk alone. We'll be focusing on focusing on our game week reviews with game week one eleven results, the new game design that's been announced, the special edition drop Liquid Dream on OpenSea, and as always, we'll field some questions from other surveyor managers. Right. Well, yeah, I don't know where uh, Chef is, actually. I mean, I hate to see where, how far, how long he disappears for when Leeds go through a bad run. Um, so, uh, But no, we look forward to welcoming him back next week. Yeah. Right. So we've got uh, another major announcement, back-to-back announcements. Um, last week, we covered off the, uh, the new prize iteration which has been really well received by, uh, uh, by the managers, it seems, on the, on the Discord community. Uh, and shortly after that, in fact, it was only 24 hours after that, we had a blog post to present to us the new game design. So, uh, yeah, some of the stats on the, uh, on the opening paragraph. I can't believe it. 74,000 cards minted already. 35,000 cards rewarded. Um, yeah, this, uh, we've had 111 game weeks. And yeah, we've we've gone over the hundred onboarded clubs. So uh, yeah, the SO5. I've seen two iterations or two major iterations of it, and this next one, uh, I think it's version three, um, takes us back closer to, I would say, where we very first started, where we've got uh, scarcity divisions. So uh, as someone seeing it for probably the first time. How do you uh, how do you see the changes, Harvey? So much simpler, I think, and that's a key reason they were introduced to make it a lot simpler for new users. So, yeah, I've grown into the the power caps and and getting to to know the different players that I need to to be able to compete. But for a, a new manager coming in, being faced with the prospect of having to buy new cards and those cards having quite quite varying power levels, but not quite understanding how that fits into your team. So you, you start buying players, then you start entering tournaments, and then you, you realise you're maybe not maximising um, those entries with the power caps. So I think it takes that away. Um, it takes that whole, whole element away and makes it much simple, simpler for users. So, yeah, it should... <laughs> should allow new users to come on and see a much easier path into this game and not have to to be supported by by someone else or or have to find you know their way over a a much longer period it should be a a pick up and go almost kind of kind of thing You you come in with knowledge of of a particular league you can start to identify players start to put them together in a collection and start to compete and we talked on on the previous episode about the introduction of, of more Ethereum prizes in Division Four. It's going to allow managers to, to start getting involved in, in that a lot easier. So, yeah, um, only a, only a positive thing. So, power's gone. Yeah, 
Yeah, sorry, on, on you go. No, no, I was, I was, I was going to say yeah, exactly the same. I mean, the power in terms of how we know it, yeah. You know, we've obviously, the longer you play the game, the easier you can find in, you know, okay, I've got to hit 102 this week with those five, I've got to hit 66. And now it's a case of, right, I've just got to put five players that are, you know, rares, for example, in this league, or, okay, this league now, I'm, allowed, I'm able to introduce and put a super rare, or, you know, this this division now, okay, I can put a unique in, I can put a couple of uniques in. So you don't have to worry about how powerful these cards are. You can really just focus in on the scarcity and so, and the stepping stones between Division 4, Division 3 and Division 2 now hopefully will be a lot clearer because I think one of the, the problems or concerns that this addresses is, you know, we had certain cards that were powering out of division. So you could have a super rare, for example, that would be too strong for division three, but as a manager, you might not have the collection or might not feel as though you're ready to step up to division two. Uh, similarly, you know- and That's you're, you're, my situation. So, right. the, so my collection's probably some, some weeks just short of a division two entry or not giving me a division two entry that's really at that, that 102 cap. So this, Potentially, but I've got lots of super rares that are then competing in Division Three lineups. So this potentially allows me far more flexibility off the super rares already in my collection, and it means if I I want to add a, a few more select pieces, I can do so knowing that they're they're probably going to be a lot more useful than they were in the the old mechanism. So there's going to be all sorts of people with different collections, those with the, the larger unique holdings, they're, they're probably in a, a different situation to me. Those with very new and, and very fresh collections are, are in that place where they can simply build in, the, in the, the current setup. So yeah, there's going to be lots of different takes on it, but for me, it's certainly very positive. I mentioned there about those with lots of uniques. How, how does this change up, how, how you approach the game at that very top level? Well, I think in terms of where I place uniques, probably nothing really changes week to week. I mean, I've built a collection that I feel can help me compete in Asia. So it's not as if I can use these cards anywhere else. They'll still be predominantly you know, used in Asia. Uh, the ones for European challenges go there. The ones for European champions go there. And then let's say if I've got some under 23s and I've got some leftovers. So I don't think it really makes much difference on that front. The one thing that does change is that certain uniques that I've built up to very high levels uh, relative to perhaps newer uniques that have been in the game for you know, two or three months that are of you know, still maybe level five, six, seven, eight, where I would have you know, quite a significant advantage over those. Um, those that, that advantage has now shrunk. We don't know exactly what pound for pound each level of XP or each, each uh, level will, will turn into, but I think it's pretty clear that with the new range of 10%, uh, even if you take a level 20 card, I've got an old Declan Rice, which is level 20, even if he gets the full 10% over a brand new one that's 0%, that's quite a significant uh, uh, power drop uh, for arguably uh, 18 months worth of farming of his XP. So yeah, I mean, look, 
I've enjoyed plenty of benefit for having these uh, stronger cards and that will relate down to super rares and it will relate down to rares as well. So I think, yeah, it just keeps everything a little bit sharper, everyone closer together. DMPs become more uh, um, critical now, as does goal assists, goals, and any positive metrics. So, you know, we really are all much, much closer together, whether or not you've bought cards, you know, 18 months, two years ago versus you're buying them now. Um, I think everyone's got a much closer chance to com to compete. And for those that are perhaps... Happy. Yeah, if you're looking up towards the unique uh, Division 1 markets, you may have looked up before and gone, you know, it's, that's a big, steep climb. And, you know, there's some, some guys there that have got, you know, substantial collections. And, you know, it's going to be difficult without some serious outlay to, to break into those. Whereas yeah. now, uh, I think it will have an impact on perhaps some of the lower end uniques on the markets. Um, because some of the very strong super rares will probably be able to compete and outscore a lower range unique and maybe that's a conversation we can have with some future guests how they feel about you know maybe a very strong rare outperforming a, a lower tier a lower tier super rare and then whether or not you can buy super rares that really can compete against you know teams of partially uniques and part, uh, super rares as well so i think we're gonna have to see it play out um but i'm prepared to roll up the sleeves and uh, yeah scrap it out and uh, I'll, I'll fight for every little bit of advantage I can still retain, but ultimately it's going to still come down to picking the best players on a given week. That's it. And you, and you mentioned there DMPs becoming more and more important. So yeah, I'm finding that definitely getting a, a few of those coupled with the, the injuries. Getting, you know, get, getting on top of that is, is quite important. So yeah, this is only going to add to that. Yeah, and I think if we look back at uh, uh, the uh, rev the blog post in a little bit more detail, I think one of the things which will make it a lot easier for all managers is the visualisation when you go onto a particular card at the moment, whether it's in your gallery or whether it's on the transfer market, you see this power number, and then you have a look, oh, it's got the seasonal bonus in, oh, it's got the fidelity bonus, oh, it's got the level. And I think they can clear this up and make it a lot easier to, you know, at a glance, look at a card and go, okay, right, that's the bonus. Simple as that. So yeah. then you, when you're picking your teams, I think, again, it'll have a knock-on effect to the team composer. And I know there's been some great suggestions uh, in the feedback with regards to, you know, ways that uh, the composer can make it easier for us to pick teams as well. And it'll all come over time. But yeah, being able to go, right, this is Division 2. It's predominantly a super rare uh, division. I can put a couple of uniques in if I want, or I can put a couple of rares in it. But, you know, I think you know, Buzzing Paul put together some charts very quickly just to show people, you know, that uh, uniques don't really have a significant power advantage if they're played in a Division 2 in the same way that uh, you can even compete with very high-end rares in Division 2 as well. So I think it's going to bring together a lot of different strategies. And rather than someone think, right, I need five super rares to compete in this division or I need five uniques to compete in this division, you can win your first super rare, build a Division 3 team. Win your first unique, start considering to build a division and, and use that unique in Division 2 until you're ready to step onto Division 1. So... Uh, where I saw before somebody would perhaps win a division two, win a unique and their initial reaction was, right, let me cash it in and I'll try and buy some more super rares. 
maybe now people look at the prizes differently as well and they'll use those prizes more to 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 progress up in in, in the leagues that they want to compete in definitely yeah and, and for me i'm seeing that opportunity if i can piece together the the right few new additions i should be able to compete in a few more divisions um across different competitions so yeah that's quite exciting and before as you said you were looking up and it was quite a daunting prospect to, to maybe try and put together four or five of these uniques at quite a considerable cost now there's an opportunity to, to almost work your your way up towards that and as you say about building up from from division four into division three through wins and, and through you know, some some choice purchases from the the market so yeah that, that's going to be really interesting to see how new users can can then progress through the divisions and um, potentially more quick more quickly uh, without necessarily having to chuck in large sums of, of money to, to initially bridge that gap so yeah that'll be be interesting and if you I mean, haven't later. sorry i was just going to say you, you mentioned there about the visualization so in that medium post that that's where we're, we're seeing this um it's a lot easier to, to see that now um, so going forward you're going to be able to, to tell what kind of percentage bonus these players carry uh, at, at a glance without having to piece together all those those other parts so yeah it makes it much simpler um, and should yeah, just help the, the platform grow yeah no most definitely and then uh, I think as big uh, an announcement as this was within this announcement towards the tail end and it said introducing two new concepts i mean for me this one was quite interesting unique all-stars uh, league with a winner takes all format prize pool um hopefully again that is another incentive for managers that are looking up or developing you know unique portfolios that you know we're only at 700 odd uh, uniques in the game at the moment um, the auctions are providing about two a day prizes from the division twos there's about six a week so it's still going to take us a while to hit a thousand uniques 1500 uniques 2000 uniques but if they're creating some sort of mega prize you know jackpot whatever you want to call it uh, division one uh, which is only eligible if you've got a full team of uniques and there's only one prize and it's winner takes all I mean again it depends what the prize is but, you know, hopefully, again, that is another incentive for people to start considering how they're going to funnel up from rares to super rares and hopefully give more of an incentive and, 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 re, and another reason for people to go, you know what, I don't want to stop at super rares. I like my super rares, but, you know, there's another level here. And if, yeah. the, car, and if the ability to unlock and win, you know, even better cards or in this case, you know, a, a, a nice ETH. Uh, reward uh, again it'll, I think that adds another strategic element as well because it's like, well, do I put my uniques in this division or this region or do I go for the winner takes all and so I think it'll add you know uh, more decision making to to those that, uh, that, that play with uniques as well but the one under that which I think is is probably going to be one we could devote a whole podcast to is the XP adjustments and so for those that haven't uh, read all the way to the bottom of the blog post i would encourage that you do so i'll just read a uh, an extract of it here i mean 
We currently apply a fidelity bonus to all players that remain contracted to the club that is shown on their card. In the real world, player stability in a club usually has a positive impact in, a in terms of performance. They give an example, Messi performs well because he's messy, but studies have shown that staying at the same club environment has a positive impact. And so what we're actually going to have now, and I think this is partially to um, perhaps slow uh, or even stop um, very short trading patterns where managers will loan players to one another. Every time a card now changes hands between a manager and a manager, whether that be in a trade or whether that be directly purchasing a card off the secondary market, the card will arrive at the new manager with half the level of XP that's accumulated to date. So when you play that alongside the fact that the divisions that we're now competing in are scarcity-based decisions and you get a bonus for, you know, uh, the more XP you and the more levels you've built up on a card, what they're basically saying is if you now loot, uh, trade that card or sell that card, the next person is going to get it at a, at a level which is not as productive as the level that you were using it at, which, yeah, I think is a very, very clever way of basically saying that's, that's a loan tax right there. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's going to change massively the, the way loans happen or and the, the volume of loans happening so just to to touch on that so at the, the bottom of the article it mentions you can expect it to be live in november so those with with loans out there how long do we think that they've got to, to get them them back without with, without this penalty um i i would imagine they're, they're not going to say the, the the switch is is flipped and sorry that's it i think we're going to give i don't know a few uh, two or three weeks minimum, no i think maybe as little as a few days uh i know that they don't tend to roll out upgrades unless they're a hundred percent it's it's exactly as they want to ship it um but when they'll ship it they'll probably say right as of this game week so you know if yep. we've just closed if we've just closed a game week on a tuesday and it's ready to go they'll go right as of the next game week this is when the, 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 the new structure will kick in. And at that point, you're going to have to have all your cards back in your collection um, because I would imagine from that day forward, that's when the, uh, the halving of the XP will occur if you were then to sell a card. Um, I think initially it's quite clever, the fact that if you're, you know, a lot of people say, oh, will, stop, will it stop people from flipping cards? Well, maybe I don't think it will because you're buy remember you're buying a brand new card off the market from Serrera level zero or level one, whatever, whatever level it starts its life at. And so if you just buy it and then put it on the market five minutes later, you know, there's no XP to actually lose from that transaction. And even if you've bought a card and you've decided, okay, it's a stopgap for an injured player and you've used it for a couple of weeks and maybe you've built it up to level three or four. Well, it's no real big, big deal selling a level three or four card and, and watching it arrive with someone else at level one and two. I don't think people are going to make you know, too big a deal about, oh, I've lost this, or, you know, is it worth me selling it? But where it does become more interesting is at the, I would say, the higher end of the market in terms of, you know, premium super rares or unique cards, which, you know, have a, a large amount of power. Uh, and, you know, for, for example, selling a level 20 card, uh, which you might have, you know, grown attached to and owned for 18 months, you know, you're, you're, the next person 
we'll be getting off you. I think this is level 14 is effectively where it arrives with you at. But that's that's a big so the timing I think of selling your cards now is 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 critical, and I think that's where uh, the next level of strategy will come into this game. Yep, that that'll definitely come into it more. I think as you say, there's there's reasons why it won't be so important in a, a lot of cases. So, um, and and you might find that it's it's fairly acceptable to you, or actually allows you to to build the the piece of your, your jigsaw that you're looking to, to do. So, yeah, I still think I'll be transferring and, and trading players um, quite regularly. But, yeah, it potentially will stop the the, the loans that are... All they're, they're doing, essentially, at the, at the moment is costing um, surreal gas fees. So I know I'm, I'm potentially guilty of this in terms of loaning players to and from other managers to help out with, with certain game weeks, to help newer managers get a feel for the, the platform. But the, there is a cost to that. And until we can implement a, a more official appro- approach where we can, can set up you know, structured structured loans where a payment can be taken, then, yeah, I think this is a, a quite a, a smart solution to that. So, yeah, without having any real huge impact um, on the, the cards we have, Maybe apart from those, those elite level, high powered guys that, as you say, you you built up a, a bit of an attachment to. But yeah, the, the prices these guys are, are going for, I'm sure that's not going to be too big of a, an issue. Yeah, and I think just going back to your question a few minutes ago about uh, how much notice we're going to get and you know how much preparation time. I think again, just wrapping up on this blog post here, um, we're all. You know that they've they've uh, concluded by saying that you know we're all going to be able to have a redraft of our common cards as well. So I'm still you know one of the managers got five common cards. There are people will be with ten. There are people will be with even more because they use their common cards in a rookie league to you know and they and they won prizes during their time there as well. So uh, again. Uh, we're going to have the ability to redraft our common cards and then after that this is when this new system kicks in so I think we're going to see you know quite clearly you know just take it as an indicator if you haven't had the ability to redraft your common cards then we're still operating under the old system at the moment yeah very true I'm looking forward to that as well Um, I'm one of the guys who I I wasn't on the, the five cards but I was at that iteration where you didn't get to select your, your common cards, so I got right. given given the uh, the initial ten, and um, so it's going to be great to to be able to go and sort of select them in that fantasy draft style, the way that all new users come on and just get to to get a feel for for those players. So I suppose it's I yeah, I, I've only, I've only seen it through others, um, but yeah, it's going to be quite good to to be able to pick a couple of new select goalkeepers or, or strikers there to, to add to my collection yeah i don't think they're going to have any particular power and if anyone wants to go and do a mock draft we can't confirm it yet but if you go to sarea.com forward slash draft you can actually see exactly how a new user would uh, uh, join the platform and, and, the, and the early decisions they get to make i'm just looking at it now so you get a splash screen compose a five-a-side team draft 10 players and then you can either auto-select, which you said you did in Hybrid, or you can build your own team. 
So there's two sections and then you get given a budget and then you pick two goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, forwards and then two other cards. So if you want to get a head start on planning what your commons might be, it's a bit of fun. But I think for anyone that's got rare cards anyway, these are, you know, they are literally just going to be keepsakes in your, um, in your collection. I can't see with the change in power now um, how teams with common cards are going to compete as, as high up the ladder as a team of full rares. You never know. You know, it might be that you've got four exceptional rare performances and your common does very well for you as well. But uh, even if you go back to draft now and you're thinking about introducing other friends or you know, co colleagues to uh, this fantasy game, um, you can actually see it through their eyes now. Maybe you'll see some improvements from when you first started and uh, you'll get to see how the onboarding part works as well. Yeah, exactly. So I think I wasn't aware of that, so I'm going to go and give that a try myself. I'll have a little look, see if there's anyone I want to. But as you said, I think these guys are going to have, certainly in the short term, a limited um, real usage for you. Um, but who knows? how that develops I think we're a long way off actually needing a a fourth category so a, a one out of a thousand a common category I think there's enough players and a, enough um, cards across all, all the teams and divisions that we're, we're going to have onboarding at this stage with the, the user base that we have so yeah maybe a, a nice little addition in, into the portfolio I might get some players that are yeah, have a, a sentimental um, hold for, and, and I'm sure Chef will probably bring in a whole bunch of J-League guys, Morietta and, and others will, will feature there in, in his reshuffle. So yeah. <laughs> who, who would you go for? I don't know. I just need to replace Vieto. has gone to uh, Saudi Arabia. I'm desperately short of uh, commons. To, I seem to be hobbling over the last few weeks in terms of, putting Division 4 teams together. So I'm, I'm actually looking, number one, I'm looking forward to the ch these, these changes uh, so that uh, we can start to, you know, I'm, I might prune back a bit more of my portfolio that I don't need any longer because so I'm, I'm trying to carry cards of various different powers so that I've always got different combinations that I can use in Divisions 2 and 3. Um, but yeah, on the commons, I don't know. I think a lot of it's going to be determined by what the current market prices are. So, you know, I think they're going to be, I think you've probably only got enough for one big superstar and then a load of uh, cheaper guys. One tip, I don't know if it's still possible, but when I did this with a friend, um, it's interesting. They take the price of the rare cards. And so I would imagine Mbappe, Neymar, you know, two of the most expensive ones that you can buy within the draft. Yeah. But because Real Betis don't have rare cards, all of the real Betis players were sitting at 10 million at the entry point. So what you could do if you like real Betis uh, is that you can, uh, as part of your collection, I think they're all 10 million. You can buy Canales, for example, who's a great card, who would, whose rare would probably be, you know, on par with some of the you know, top performing midfielders, maybe like a Pizzi or someone like that. Um, but you're getting him in the draft for 10 million. So uh, again, if you're inviting a friend to play the game or a colleague for the first time, um, don't quote me on it, but you might better find that real Betis players are crazy cheap relative to everybody else because, say, Sorare can't take a read off their rare card prices because they don't have rare cards. So yeah, that's draft, a, I think they're all ten million. It's crazy that they don't have the, the rare cards. I find it quite funny, you know, the, the fact that there's that huge rivalry that they, they just will not have have red cards. Um, 
I've just double checked. Canales is 10 million on the uh, draft. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, again, if you're looking for real value, again, you've got someone that's starting out that's wanting to compete in the rookie league, then that might be an interesting tip. Get them to start with some real Betis cards and uh, mix in a couple of superstars. You might start better win a few rares in your first few weeks. Nice. Nice. So, let's have a look at the game week. Game week 111. So, we were back to... Europa League, Champions League, and there was a, a sprinkling of MLS games on there. So Mbappe with two assists. That's going to be he's going to be on on this this show quite a lot. We'll, we'll feature feature this lad quite a bit, I think. Who? Um, Who who's this? No, no bias at all. Um, Mbappe with that another two assists. So it was a a terrible game. I was watching it. Um, the PSG are really quite poor at the moment. There's just something, even with these superstars, you know, if, if they didn't have Mbappe picking up two goals all, all the time or two assists, Moise Keane bagging quite a, a few at the moment, I, I don't know. Um, they, they look like they, they're struggling a bit. But anyway, we had Rashford with a 16-minute a hat-trick in a 5-0 home win to... Leipzig, Barca beating Juve, Bayern, City and Porto with wins. Um, so we had Vanekin and Club Bruges continuing to impress in Europe. So they drew one all with Lazio. So loads of loads of exciting games on there. Um, and I had quite a quite a few players in action from those teams um, just waiting on on the rewards coming through now. So yeah, it should be in line for for a few. No first or podium places for me this week, but we talked about the new thresholds and the, and the ETH payments, so I look to be on track to getting my, my first one there. So that's always exciting, and I'm sure there's there's lots of new managers that are, are also going to be experiencing that. So that that's really good. How did how did you get on? Yeah, no, I I, I was very happy. Out of all the players you mentioned there. Um... I want to give a mention to Jao Felix. I had him as captain in four teams. And uh, although he had two big chance misses and somebody that was watching the game told me he should have had three big chance misses. Um, he did end up with two goals by hook or by crook. So, um, yes, I mean, I, I surrounded him with, you know, Jonathan David, who I don't think can lose any more confidence. And I had Merritt, oh, been a who didn't, crazy who didn't one, play after Merit back-to-back games and then didn't play the third one. And I had Hadji, who did nothing real of note. But Felix and a very good performance from Shakhtar's Dodo. 78.4 points against Inter Milan. Um, and that's with, you know, nothing positive on his decisive score. Flat decisive score of 35 and 43 points all around. That was enough for... The under-23 Division 1 victory this week. So, yeah, happy with that. Uh, conversely, I, I tweeted out this morning what I thought on paper looked a very sexy side. All black, Teles, Iniesta, Neymar, and a common Western McKenney just to, to stay under the cap. And I finished 681st with that team. Uh, <laughs> uh, with 1,006 points, thanks to uh, Teles not in the squad, Iniesta not in the squad. <laughs> Neymar going off injured, Oblak conceding a couple, and uh, McKenny just getting coming on as a sub. So, uh, yes, anyone that thinks that uh, buying these superstars to uh, bulldoze their way to prizes is a good strategy might work some weeks, but uh, I can tell you this week it didn't. 
Yeah, I had I had similar. So Mbappe in my All Star Division Four lineup this week. So I thought I'd surround them with Oblak, Brendan Aronson, Bamba, and De Lorenzo, and they all let me down. Apart from Mbappe with a, a ninety-nine point four, Aronson with a, a fifty-three. But yeah, poor poor scores from the rest of them. So yeah. <laughs> And I've, the, the funny thing is, I've had some big scores in other lineups, so I've just not picked them, picked them right this week. But yeah, look at looking yeah, last at night this. Yaram prices are in. Penalty. Dabby missed the penalty. Um, yeah, Thursday looked like the wheels were going to come off, but um, I suppose well, anyone who had Marata as well with yeah, all those VAR decisions. Yeah. Yeah, Tom. Tom was a bit. Moaning his, uh, his <laughs> luck um, during the course of that game as well, um, but yeah, I think you know I've got to mention still that uh, COVID is rife. It doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. And again, looking ahead to the following week, which we'll do next game week one one two. You know, you've already got a heavily depleted Lazio team. Yeah, uh, there's at least one fixture off in the Jupiler League. Uh, with potentially another one involving Club Bruges. And if that happens to uh, to be cancelled, I'm sure that'll destroy a number of challenger teams and anyone that's uh, using Vanaken and co. So again, yeah, I think there's opportunities this upcoming game week as well for you know, clever team builds, steer clear of you know uh, riskier teams and riskier players. We've got the international break coming up as well. So um, yeah, maybe there'll be... Uh, a few surprises in this next one. And that's all part of the fun, isn't it? So I tried to avoid the Jupiler League last game week to give myself that chance, but still with a, a few injuries and a few do, do not plays, I, I didn't get the results I wanted, but there was quite a few call-offs. And the Ronaldo I won a few weeks back, or a month or so ago, I've still not been able to, to play him, get him involved. So, yeah. There's going to be a, a lot of tactical decisions and trying to look at where there might be call-offs or, or rotation. Merit as well, as you say. I've taken the risk again with them this week. But it's just a it's a, it's a difficult one. Um, I've got both Merit and Espina. But you'd, you'd hope to just see a, a bit of a, a run of games for, for one of these players. Or And yeah, you mentioned there Club, Club Bruges and and others in, in Belgium, what does that do to, to lineups if people have got stables off their their lineups going to be missing games? Do they go out to the market and, and buy a replacement or, or do they look to what else is in their, their collection? So yeah, I think the, the next few weeks are going to be really interesting. Probably Everything's going to look probably like the J League. Yeah. Holes holes everywhere. There, there will be. And I think that, that is to be expected. You know, you are going to see lots of of gaps there in, in the fixtures, and who knows ex- exactly how that's going to play out. But yeah, it's worth, so who worth have you surrounded your Mbappe with this week? This week, um, let me go and go and have a look. Would you believe that I've put my Mbappe with Pepe Reina? With Reina. Oh, don't chuckle, Pepe. Pepe's going to keep a clean sheet this week. Well, he better. He better play to start with. And I've also persevered with Jonathan David as well. So sorry to Jonathan David holders. He'll probably do the square root of nothing again. Yeah, so I've went, so again, all-star with them 
Odysseys of Benfica. Yep. And we've got Ivan Ardetz. So this is a, a recent pickup. I, I posted out a, a tweet the other the other day there with my five highest point scorers in each position and asked others in the, the Twitter community to, to post theirs and, and see you know who they were excited about, who were who were the best performing guys in the in their teams. And one of the, the guys that came back was Ivan Ardetz and somebody I'd seen it come up a few times in auction, never really paid much attention. And then I, I delved into his scores and some great scores in there. So yeah, he looks to be quite a, a stable hold. And then one of your favourites, we've got a, a 9.9 Declan Rice in there. Nice stable. He better have a, he better have a shocker tomorrow. I'm so, he's, it's living <laughs> West Ham tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. But Liverpool are on a, a bit of a patch. And not not the same without big Virgil. So yeah, I'm banking Rice can still Rice. get 65. He can still get 65 in a 3-0 loss. Easy. Yeah, but, but what what is he getting a three 0 win? <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets promptly transferred. <laughs> a nice discount. I might take him off your hands. And then the the last piece of the jigsaw was Danilo um, for UV. So he's a, a recent win. He's, a he's, unique, he's the unique this week on uh, on the power hour by the looks of it. Is he? That, I think that will go uh, for that will go for some price. Looking at his last Based five. on his last five scores, yeah, that's solid, aren't they? 89, a 59, a 92, 85 and a 70. So, yeah, he's... Um, Someone will get suckered in and buy him off that form. God, dear. Yeah, so... That's, tw- that's, that's 12th waiting to happen. That, that was a, a nice win last week anyway. So, hopefully he can, can help Mbappe to the crown this week. We'll see. See. Yeah, I've, I've put Ferran Torres back in uh, in a couple of teams this week. I, I missed it, missed out in midweek when he obviously had a great game. But uh, with Jesus and Aguero injured and um, Guardiola basically saying, yeah, he offers an option up front. He's a midfielder card. I think I think all cards are midfielder cards. And yeah, so, I really uh, like him. I think uh, yeah. I mean, Sheffield United haven't had a particularly strong start to the season. Oh, they're always good at Bramall Lane, but. Uh, You'd expect a Man City team to turn them over there, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, I've run again with Felix and, and Torres is probably my main two cards. I've still got one Doku hanging about and gone with a couple of Depays this week, and yeah, the rest of the teams have pretty much picked themselves a Lunga. Going to get a Lunga in home match. Oh, no, sorry, he's away to uh, Sigalta, I think is how you pronounce it. So, uh, see if Alunga can keep up a scoring run. And then, uh, yeah, let's see what surprises there'll be. There'll always be surprises, won't there? So, yeah, that's what I'm finding every week. But that's part of the fun, isn't it? It wouldn't be, be any fun if it was you know, too prescribed. So, yeah, I've got quite a few entries in for this week. So, being a pretty full calendar, what have I got about six? 12 entries and then lots of guys training. So Torreza, you, you mentioned there, I really like him, but my cards are a 6.6 power at the moment. So it's just not really that useful unless I'm really struggling to, to keep my, my power down for a, a D4 entry. And this week I, I wasn't because I've I've got a, a fairly fresh Mbappe in there. So I wasn't looking for a, a 6.6 to, to keep me under. So yep. he, he's training. Um, quite a few training teams out. Is that just wanting to, to talk about that for a, a wee bit? Is that something you religiously do or have done religiously 
for, for the last few months or, or longer. Yeah, since, since day one. I mean, I think my, my, my mindset and philosophy on this is that if you're playing any type of game, I, I always looked at XP as something positive. You know, if I've got a card which is 9.9 .9 versus someone else got 7.2, well, hopefully I'm going to get some sort of advantage. Um, obviously, with the power caps there, you know, we've we've almost disproved that in a way. But in two AMAs ago, Nicholas basically made it very clear that, you know, they still want XP to be used at in a positive way. It shouldn't be counterintuitive. And so it shouldn't be, oh, I don't want to play this person. Or I don't want to put him into training in case he gets too powerful. Now, of course, it would have been nice to have this move to the scarcity divisions six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, 12 weeks ago. It didn't happen, but it's, it's coming in November. Uh, I guess had I known it was coming in November, I probably would have paced myself a little bit more because right now I have very few options available for super rare cards that fit into division three. So I still see the benefit of training, but over the last few weeks, there have been occasions where I've gone, I'll tell you what, I'll leave that 14.4 as it is, or I'll leave that 15.7 as it is, because quite quickly that will go to 17, 19, 21. And then it becomes very, very difficult again to find a couple of super rares and three rares to get you close to 66. So it's I have done training morning, noon and night from day one. And I would say I've only relaxed ever so slightly in the last couple of weeks uh, on a couple of super rares purely because I'm I want to remain competitive in division three and I want to give myself more options yep, yep. so I'm f not not fairly similar but I am I, I normally uh, I put them in every week I've got quite a lot of keepers that I know are not going to play younger youngsters and that allows me to, to train up other guys that I that are playing but are, are not quite making my squads at, at the moment. So, yeah, that's really useful. The only ones I don't seem to train at the moment are my spare MLS players because I, I am approaching those power caps. So that being removed is, is going to take a, take away that element of me not being able to power up these players that I potentially want to power up. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. Yeah, and, and I think moving forward now, uh, it is. It's, it's all hands on deck. It's train, train, train. Uh, it's say it's trying to get these cards up to a level whereby, you know, even one or two levels might make the difference. You know, there'll be a lot of people competing with similar hands Vanaken cards. There'll be a lot of people competing with the similar goalkeeper cards. And it will be, you know, we're already seeing at the top of the leaderboards, very fine margins between victory, defeat, victory in second place and third place. So, you know, I'm hoping that, this commitment to the training centre and as you said even you know there were back in the days you'd be buying cheap goalkeepers just so you could put four cards alongside your goalkeeper and get them into training yeah um so yeah hopefully I say there's cards now i know there's a lot of rare cards even from last season even that have changed clubs that are 10 11 i think one of my arnold badarts is 11.8 at the moment as a rare so, yeah, I think maybe on the transfer market, this will trickle down and people will now hopefully be looking at two cards in a similar way. And rather than going on Discord and saying, oh, can you trade me for a, a lower powered card? Yeah. I think people, people now can, maybe we'll start to see that there is going to be a little bit of a premium per level. Uh, and so a card that you can buy 
straight off the gun, level one. Well, if there's somebody selling something for level six or seven, which can arrive with you at level three, maybe it's worth paying a little bit more of a premium for. I think so. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see that playing out. If you want to, to start being really competitive, you you may pay that a little bit extra for that slightly higher powered card rather than having to build them up over a, a few months. So, yeah, see how, how that pans out. Right, well, good luck to everybody in game week 112. As we're recording this, there is no games taking place. So, uh, yeah, let's see where we are this time next week. So one of the, the other announcements, we, we seem to be getting a, a new announcement every other day, was the special edition drop Liquid Dream on OpenSea. So OpenSea, a large marketplace for all sorts of digital collectibles, um, digital art, virtual worlds, collectibles, and now Surreal cards. Um, I've, I've got a, a special going on. So we've got a 27 special edition cards that are going to be run for Halloween over the next 27 days. So these special edition cards, they, they sit on a, an intersection of art, sentimental interest and game utility. Um, so hope, hopefully you'll see a bit of crossover, people who are on the OpenSea platform for, for different reasons, looking at different collectibles, starting to, to get a bit of exposure to Surreal. And so for, for me, when I, when I saw that link, I'm looking at OpenSea for the, for the first time. I was aware of it, but I hadn't actually... Venture, ventured onto the site and um, so something I, I will delve into a bit more and I suppose everyone's different and, and people will be finding um, you know, great value and all sorts of stuff on there but I, I look at Surreal as a, a product compared to some of the stuff that, that's on there I think our product is <laughs> is so much more um, in terms of the fact that you've got utility, you can buy these items, these digital items, and actually, as we've, we've talked about, quite quickly start earning back off them. Um, I don't think a, a lot of the other items on there necessarily have that that same element. Um, and obviously, people are, are buying things for, for all sorts of different reasons. But I think by getting onto OpenSea, it opens up uh, the market for lots of, of these users who are interested in these other other parts, but that can then see something slightly different, but with a, a great level of utility and an ability to start actually earning Ethereum back from whilst holding and being able to collect. Um, I'm, I, I, may be, I may be wrong, I'm not as close to, to some of these other collections and whether they have a sort of in-game utility like Surreal does, um, where, where you can mark it. I don't know if that's something you're aware of, if any of these do, or if it's more a, a collectibles, a, an art space. I think it's a mixture. I mean, there are you know some very big companies out there. Axie Infinity's got a huge following, and they have definitely got utility in the axes that you own. Um, there are other sports collectible companies out there. Um, there's a basketball one called Top Shot. There's a Formula One, F1 Delta. Um, they start, and, and, and what seems to be the pattern is a new company forms. They can either go out and raise capital or they can look to produce a number of initial collectibles to sell off, which then gives them some startup capital. Um, obviously, with Sarare, I think where 
they're, they're very, very different, is they didn't put the cart before the horse. They've gone out there and gone, we've got a great business model. This is what we're going to do. We're going to sell digital football cards. Hmm, that's okay. Great. And they've got some very renowned venture capitalists to back them and go, right, yeah, we'll give you money. We can see a future in that. Off you go, go and build it. Whereas some companies don't have that ability. Maybe their business plan hasn't got you know the same appeal initially and maybe they need to demonstrate that it works before they can go out and start attracting capital um so what they'll do is they'll produce a load of collectibles they'll hype it up they get everyone buying them and then they'll maybe go quiet for three six nine months and go right we'll go and build a game now don't worry we're back to you and uh once we're back your collectibles will be worth something because you know we'll have a game to place them in now sometimes that works uh, but unfortunately, on some occasions, that also doesn't transpire and you might end up with some collectibles that uh, look nice, but then are nothing more than a, than, a, than a keepsake. So there is a complete mixed bag on OpenSea. Um, it's a great way to uh, transact and, and broaden your horizons in terms of seeing what else is out there in the digital space. Um, but each game or each collection or company seems to have a very, very cult following of, of people in a similar way that we have a, a cult uh, following in, in Sarer. And so it's yet to be proven if there is a crossover between people that like to, you know, buy virtual worlds and people that like to, you know, battle and play with, you know, monsters, ghosts and goblins, stuff like that, versus people that like the traditional fantasy sports and sports collectibles. So it will put Sarer in the shop window a lot more, these cards. I mean, they look great, fan, uh, first of all. They do. Um, there's a complete mixed bag across the different uh, clubs and, and leagues that uh, are part of the platform. I always seem to have Day and Lovren smiling at me or smirking <laughs> at me. Uh, I've yet to uh, buy them, but maybe maybe the Lovren, maybe this is the Lovren that I go for out of, the, out of them all. Um, but yeah, there's some big names there, um, which are going to be, you know, the same utilities that we, we've got for, for the rare cards in, in the game at the moment. But like some of the special edition cards we had, the PSG ones more recently, we've had the West Ham ones, we've had the Serrera Ambassador ones. There's a rumour that we might get some, some Team of the Week or Man of the Month uh, type cards as well soon, based on you know guys like yourself that have made some great suggestions. And again, it's, it's just another way that we can have different emotional attachments to certain cards, which will you know, hopefully, I think, translate to slightly different valuations in 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 future months and in, 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 in times to come. So at the moment, you might go, ah, oh, well, I'll overlook these. I've already got Dybala. I've already got Vlasic. I don't need another version of these. But, you know, at some point, these cards might be, you know, uh, more interesting from a collector standpoint, or you might need a open sea rare card to unlock something else in the future. I don't know. So, yeah, I can see there being some serious interest in these. Yeah, I, I think so. So I, I went on to it earlier today. I'm going to spend a bit more time tomorrow getting myself set up on OpenSea. Cause that's something, obviously, for, for listeners to be aware of. These cards are, are directly sold on, on OpenSea, so you won't see them on the, the normal Surreal marketplace. You will need to, to log into OpenSea, set up your, your wallet, so link your, your existing wallet, and fund your OpenSea account and actually convert from ETH to their insight um, currency which is weath w eth wrapped teeth yep so it's a, a really easy conversion process i done a quick trial today with a, a couple of pound and was able to to do that within seconds funded my account from my, my coinbase wallet that was nice and simple so i'll i'll be looking to 
to yeah try and get involved in, in some of these more and as it was my first time really looking at it it was quite interesting to see lots of other user lists on there so we've obviously got these 27 auctions and the spe special edition cards which are really cool so I urge you to go and have a have a look at them and, and check them out but we've also got other newly minted cards that are, are being sold on the platform being advertised there but then recently listed auctions um, from users on the OpenSea platform now that's really in its infancy but there's an example I'm looking at here for for two super rare players for for half a half an ETH so it's quite that's the kind of deal you would do with somebody maybe on Discord, but here's an, an official channel, a route that you, you can do that. And I suppose something I, I need to understand a bit better is how I then transfer the card back into Surair to make sure I can actually utilise that player so it's not sitting elsewhere on an external wallet. Mark, is that something you've considered or, or looked at or, or done before? I know we have seen... Well, I've certainly came across somebody who's tried tried to transfer cards out before, but it's not very common. Yeah, yeah. no, about eighteen months ago, where there was a trial where we did, uh, where the beta testers did take out cards, um, and we were showing them uh, to other OpenSea users. Um, at the time, though, obviously we only had Belgian cards and a couple of West Ham cards to to show. And when they're on OpenSea, we were unable to use them in tournaments. So it's catch-22. You can either go and put them up for sale in OpenSea. And as you said there, you know, you can create bundles. You can create auctions which have rising values, falling values. So there's different ways that you can try and tap into secondary market. But at the moment, when they're on, the open, when they're on your OpenSea wallet or when they're on your external wallet, they're not able to be used in the tournaments. So yeah, it costs a few cents to take, keep sending them in and out and backwards and forwards. And once you're versed with that, you know, process, it's, it's, it's second nature. So again, it's down to you, whether you've got the time and whether you've got the desire and whether you believe that by taking them out of the wallet, putting them on sale somewhere else. One thing I just noticed about that bundle you suggested there, which is a real Betis player and Johan Bolly, is that cleverly what what we get in the platform is a warning that if it's like a Shakhtar player or if it's a player that's moved yeah. to a, a league where there's no coverage we'll get a warning sign to say you know this guy doesn't you know isn't scorable so I think it's quite you've got to be a little bit careful on OpenSea because I can see for example this listing you know you look at these two cards you think okay maybe that's a good deal you've got real no reference points at this stage as to whether or not you are getting a good deal or a good price but more importantly than that you're able to disguise cards that have at their current moment no in-game utility whatsoever as well so i would Correct. also make sure that if you're considering to buy on OpenSea, use all the third-party tools like Sarare data or cross-reference with other cards that you see in-game as well to make sure that you know it's not a cleverly disguised uh, package to yeah. try and off offload a guy that's just gone to saudi or q8 which you know still will have some value but it certainly won't have perhaps the value that you you are being led to believe. Yeah, I'm noticing that with a, a few of those listings. So one for a, a group of one out of a hundred rare cards. But looking through the, the names there, I don't think the, there's many that would really give you you much of a, a use in game. Um, I, I may be wrong, but 
you can click into the card. It gives you a little bit of information on them. There's a, a stats drop down, but it doesn't give you that, that the information that we see in the Surya platform. So you can see how how they've been performing and um, have they actually been playing. So as Mark says, yeah, do that do that homework if you are buying from here. But yeah, really interesting. I think it's, it's something I'll I'll look into more. I want to maybe just test that process and try moving one card over. But I think there'll be a certain type of card that is of value in this platform. But those cards may also be the ones you want to actually keep in your collection and, and use on a, a game week. So, yeah, interesting to see how, how this evolves. But yeah, but I think they're, pa- they're, they're, pla- they're paced out one a day. So there's they're, they're, we're going to get a lot of... Uh, uh, clicks and follows from OpenSea, and you will find people that have, you know, very diverse collections of NFTs. They might just go, oh, I'll just buy one for my collection, stick it away, with no intention to use it in game. You know, they won't care whether it's a K League guy, you know, top European guy, an MLS guy. It's, they they might just look at it and go, that's a nice keepsake. Serres doing well from what I hear. Okay, yeah, I'll bid up against these people. I'll buy it and I'll just stick it away and we'll never see it again. So there will be an element of that. And I think also when you're looking to sell on the secondary market, maybe that's what people are playing into as well. They're going to be like, okay, well, let me get some Sarare cards on there, you know, show them off as first editions and maybe I'll capture the attention of someone less informed who normally trades in virtual worlds or normally buys, you know, say uh, axes or something else and we'll try and get them to buy one or two things. I think realistically though, if the platform keeps improving at the pace it's improving, there is no reason to really use OpenSea at this stage as a tool to sell your cards. There is a 5% fee that you will lose if you list and successfully sell a card on OpenSea anyway. Yeah. Uh, and so whilst there's no fee for selling on the secondary market in the platform, and there's no hassle about having to you know, move your cards in and out or up or down, uh, I, I do see this almost as a last resort, or can I flog my cards on OpenSea? Unless, of course, this game allows you to have your cards in an external wallet and still enter the tournaments at the same time, then I think we might be able to see more credibility in numbers through you know, uh, the amount of cards that are on the platform uh, showing on OpenSea, and then people can start to perhaps create a secondary marketplace there, similar to maybe I'll see how things go with CryptoSlam in the future as well. Exactly, yeah. So whether it is on OpenSea or or not, I think there the definitely will be that, that future interface where you can you can sell your cards but still use them, still have them. So maybe almost like a, a dual listing where it's posting them in or making them visible in two places. Um, the purchase may still take you, that user from the other platform back to the Surreal site. But yeah, there's certainly a, a lot of the team can can look at in that space just to and even going one stage further on open sea you can actually i think create your own marketplace so i think there could come a time where let's say you've got a manager surreal manager that might have 500 a thousand two thousand ten thousand cards you could almost have your own like ebay style nft shop front on open sea as well so there might be other ways where you can become let's say i've got 500 shalker cards i am going to be the you know, the, the, the go-to person to buy and trade digital Schalke cards from 2019 to whenever. Uh, and the only place see, to I, buy Daily Synchroven. There we go. For example, German, Dutch international German. Who's he play for? Holland, Dutch. 
there we, there we go dutch international so again there's there's plenty of ways that you can package these nfts up and as i say you could use the tools that perhaps OpenSea gives to developers and uh, and individuals and you could create your, your own you know specialized shop of whatever cards you've got nfts and this is a way for example that you could sell teams so so you've you just spotted an advert where it's you know nine first editions but you might uh, be able to create a team, goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, attacker, and, and one other person and sell it as a bona fide team. Uh, so there are ways in which you can use, and I think OpenSea can be used very cleverly to your advantage. But I don't think at the moment there's enough eyes on the platform of people that play the game to be able to realise, you know, the cleverness that we could all put together it's much better kept at the moment on the platform as individual sales and i'm sure over time you know the team will allow us to put our own bundles together to sell or you know um, maybe we'll be allowed auctions at some point ourselves so let's see i think so yeah it'd be much better to have that and i think these things will come it's just a, a bit of time isn't it but yeah definitely very interesting go and check them out and yeah they, so they we'll do, see you all with your nice. e-wallets uh, competing for these cards over the next uh, month or so then, yeah? Yeah, they do look very nice, don't they? When's Lovren coming up? 11 days. All right, I set my calendar. 11 days. He hasn't even got an opening bid yet. <laughs> a lot of them don't, though. So I, I think that is uh, an interesting Well, they were only it. fresh on the market yesterday, weren't they, to be fair? So. That's it. It's going to take a, a few people a bit of time. I thought your is already on there. He's, he's bid on most of them already. Well, again, that's someone that's got, you know, vast experience in dealing with NFT. So I'd imagine yep. he's got, you know, an ETH balance on his on his wallet. And uh, as I say, it's not difficult in the same way that you can drop a couple of opening bids on new cards you see in auction. It, you know, you can treat OpenSea in exactly the same way once you're familiar with it. So moving on, I thought we'd have a, a look at some of the, the trades that we've noticed going through this week. There's been some... Some big ones, some some quite interesting trades and, and purchases going through the market. Um, I think for, for me, that Bruno Fernandes unique card being sold. What about you, yourself, Mark? Super rare. Um, that Bruno was a yeah, super, was a rare, super rare. Super rare, so it was. It, it was the price of Twenty. Yes, exactly. The, just the, the price of that, I'm looking at all these... Um, uniques that are going for a for half that price yeah it just shows you it just shows you the, the demand of that particular player so obviously man united are, are not on the platform are they so you've got yeah how many are in circulation i think there's two super rares maybe two. eight rares and the unique so 11 bruno fernandez in total okay so then when you you look on surreal data he must be up there with Mbappe as, as one of the, the highest performing players. Penandes. Yeah, and I think, as you said, putting it into context, I think looking at the, the, if you look at the way that the new price structure, if you look at the way that the new scarcity division structure is put in place, I think we, I think there is certainly justification for, you know, some of these bigger, S, uh, these SRs to go for uh, higher values. 
Uh, even the, the the rare Mbappe from this week went for four and a half, I think. It did, yeah. And, it was Latiner, it was. Yeah, it's Latiner, and uh, he was quite happy coming in and giving a justification for that based on what he'd read and how he'd interpreted the yeah. uh, the, the recent news as well. Um, I was looking so, at picking up a second one, I must say. I was keeping an eye on that, and I know a few others I was chatting to were, were also interested there because... Yeah, I think there's there's been a bit of chat about how that rare could become quite useful in Division 4, 3 and even Division 2 um, in the new format. So, yeah, quite exciting. I think it's, yeah, he's somebody I'd love to have a few copies of. I managed to, to pick up others at earlier stages who have, who have went on and, and done quite well and I managed to pick up multiple copies of them and it's allowed me to to maybe put them in a, an all-star, a, a champion, and also a, maybe a, an under-23 entry. So, yeah, I quite like having multiples of certain elite players. So, be keeping my yeah, eye out. I, I think this early stage, if you're first to market and you've got two of the first 15 or three of the first 20, and you can play them in you know, different competitions simultaneously, you should definitely... You're probably going to get a good benefit from that. I think as the season wears on, I think as more big clubs enter and more high-profile players, even though you know we're not going to get an abundance of equivalents to Mbappe, we're still probably going to get some well-known big names that can at least score point for point in a very similar way. Then yeah, that that advantage will will will, will subside a little bit. But yeah, right now. Um, given the fact they're only coming around every few weeks at uh, prizes, given the fact that there's only one or two maybe per week maximum at auction. Yeah, if you can if you can get ahead of the curve and, you know, get a slightly more powerful Mbappe than the ones that are going to drop in November, December, January. Um, yeah, these these little advantages will, will, will add up. Absolutely. I'm just having a, a look there through the, the most expensive auctions today. And, well, well, who's, who's at the top there? One of your buys... So that's a, is that Wilson Manafa? Why? What was your yeah. your reasoning there? I, I thought he, well, I thought it was relatively cheap. Um, yeah. Having watched some of the unique auctions and seen things like Lafont going for fifteen, and I know he's an under twenty three goalkeeper, so that's an exception. But even Tecatito today for just over ten, um, I see Manafa as you know first choice fullback um, for for a team that's. In the Champions League, and worst case, they'll probably drop into the UEFA if they don't finish in the top two in their in their league. So, uh, in their group, sorry. So, I've got someone that's playing for a a team challenging for the domestic title and a player that is likely to feature in in midweek games as well. So, I think from a utility point of view, any Porto fullback is is, is got to be good value. And at three ETH, I haven't seen many cards or many uniques in recent times. Uh, I'm also conscious of the the change of uh, transference of XP as well when a card is traded. So I think this game is always very important to keep things fresh and adapt to rule changes. Uh, and as much as I like my collection, there are going to be cards that I will prune out and replace. And I haven't bought a unique for such a long period of time that, you know, maybe I need to pick up a few now at a lower power level and start to build them up. So I've got cards to replace 
you know, or give myself options if I want to sell and, uh, and or trade off more established uh, uniques that I've got in my uh, in my collection at the moment. So yeah, getting some new cars is quite fun. I put him straight into a Division Three team today as well. Yeah, I like that when you pick up somebody and they they go straight into a lineup. Uh, I've had a, a few like that recently. So Ivan Ordets, I, I mentioned earlier, and uh, I picked up. But yeah, I've been just adding a few here and there to to the gallery. Um, Simon Daly, I've been trying to get him for, for quite some time. Uh, an Alerio, somebody I know you, you're quite fond of, um, I picked up today for, for just over £7. Omar Mascarell, so I think you've talked about him a bit in the past. The shout captain coming yeah, back. Yeah, he had a 90, I think he had an 89 or a 90 score the other week. And, he uh, did, yeah. So. Look, Schalker are obviously on a shocking run, but you know, I think he's still their club captain. He still gets involved. He's... You know, I, I see him in a similar ilk to to, to Declan Rice. Uh, he's he's yeah. all over the place when it when it when he plays. Yeah, so for for seven pound, a nice a nice pick up there. So it's not always spending hundreds and, and thousands. Uh, so the the Simon Daly, uh, another decent player, there who can put in some good scores. He was in the the twenties. So yeah, that, that that was good. And 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 with each passing month, the the market is maturing. I mean, there's five, six, seven thousand cars on the secondary market now at any given moment, and yep. you know people will need to start pricing their cards very competitively uh, if they're wanting to to sell and and move out and use that ETH into something else. So I think it's it, it remains a buyer's market firmly out there at the moment. Um, you know, partly because the game is particularly generous with the reward structure. Um, and as I say, if we get more managers coming in at a very fast speed, well, then they'll adjust and increase the frequency of the auctions anyway. So I think, again, at that, even though ETH's gone up a little bit, anywhere between 0.1 and let's say 0.2, you know, there's some big names that you can pick up from Juventus, Atletico, Lazio, Roma, all the big biggest teams or higher profile teams in the, on, on the platform. So certainly beforehand, where you perhaps might be paying 0.25, 0.3, some cases a little bit more for I know players like Milinkovic, Savic, and Kraya, and, and and the likes. Now I think there's some price pressure on some of these guys, and you know, 0.15, 0.2 buys you're a real solid player these days. And I say if you go even below that and start doing your scouting and your homework, as you've picked up there, seven, eight, nine pounds for the price of a kebab on a Friday night. You can, own, you can own Omar Mascarell instead. So, not a hard toss-up, is it, at all? But yeah, you're, you're right. I'm looking at some of the, the purchases that I've went through. Guys like Selic at Lille, he, he's going through for, for under 0 0.1. Um, two, two copies of him today. That's a, that's a great price, surely. Somebody who's, who's playing at that level and at, at that age. Still under so, 23, isn't he? Yeah. Well, it's 23, sorry. But yeah, so... He's so, so he's eligible to July of next year, at least, yeah. He is. Yeah, so good... Yeah, no, good, I think, I think there's that. always something going on in the markets. And I say, we've already talked about the power hours in the last episode. And, you know, everything seems to be coming together now. And that's what I like about these improvements. Even, even if we only view them as small incremental improvements, they all add up. And the game... I mean, you've been involved now, what, four months? Uh, so even the changes that you've seen, seen in a relatively short space of time now, everything's culminating towards and what I feel, you know, and what I, what I was always hoping from day one is this, you know, 
global platform which uh, is attracting some you know some some, some fanatics of gaming and we haven't got we still haven't tapped i don't think the collector side of it but when no. these guys come on board as well i think yeah I, I think we just go from strength to strength i think so for sure yeah there's there's lots of different niche markets um that i think we'll reach out to there's obviously the the, the core fantasy football gaming element but i think that there's going to be lots of people being attracted to, to this product from coming from different angles so yeah looking at the the amount of, of users who who have cards that is only going going one way so and uh, that data on on Surreal data site it's quite interesting to, to view how many users are are joining and have one card or more it just seems to be increasing every day and they seem to keep on to change the, the y-axis on that chart so <laughs> that's all, always a good sign most definitely so I think that brings us to the end of today's Surreal Global Fantasy Football Podcast. I hope you found it useful. And as always, if you could like, subscribe and leave a review, then we can help introduce the fantastic concept to more users. And if you haven't already joined, then grab yourself 10 free cards to get going by using one of our referral links in our Twitter profiles. Thanks, guys. <laughs>